This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. You know, somebody once told me that, like, the world was going to wrong me. I mean, I'm not, I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed. She was looking pretty, pretty dumb. <laughs> she, she had a finger and a thumb, and and um, you know, the shape of an L on her forehead. Well, my name is Alex. I use Daisy pronouns. Shrek is queer, and this is Stride with Pride. Hello and welcome back to Stride with Pride. I hope you've had a fantastic however long it's been since you listened to the last episode. On this week's episode, we're going to get back finally to some media analysis. Haven't done this since like the fourth episode. I know, crazy. Is it a cartoon again? Perhaps. Perhaps. What of it? What of it? <laughs> um. So uh, I actually came up with this idea independently and then realized like so many other people have also done this so this is an amalgamation of a bunch of different ideas um so like I was in this lecture about Nosferatu um you know and and there's the scene in the movie he's a vampire for those who don't know the like original film one um and um he'd bitten this dude's thumb and we were all like (laughs) that's that's pretty gay dude um and then the lecturer was like yeah no that's pretty pretty uh homoerotic um and we're like facts (laughs) straight up um and for some reason that got me thinking about shrek um probably something to do with outsider narratives um (laughs) um but in other news uh shrek is queer and trans um, and I won't tell you why. Just kidding. This entire episode's about it. Um, <laughs> um, but big shout out to Jay Corviday on YouTube. J-A-Y space K-O-R-V-I-D-A-Y. Um, I saw their video about it and it's really cool. Um, it's called Shrek is Queer Culture and here's why. Um, so I saw that first. And there's also a bunch of other stuff about it. Um, on the internet that exists, um, but here, gift, Shrek is queer, and this is why. (laughs) So, first of all, um, just as a basis thing, um, this is, like I said, reading Shrek as queer, the narrative and also the character, um, but even better is reading him as trans, um, and we'll get to all of the why, because um, uh, people always laughed at me when I told them about this. Um, well, haha, now. So, mm. so in this, we're going to read Ogre, being an ogre, um, as being not cis, not cisgender. So, like, first of all, like, the whole story is an outsider narrative, um, which we know is what queers have in terms of representation a lot of the time. Um, and for those who don't know, an outsider narrative is essentially just where the main character, protagonist of a story is seen as an outsider in their community, seen as weird on the fringes, or potentially shunned because of this. Um, think like Belle in Beauty and the Beast, um, or, you know, uh, or the Little Mermaid Ariel in 
The Little Mermaid. Um, lots of original Disney movies have outsider narratives, which we can uh, read them as queer. And the late and great gay man Howard Ashman um, had a lot of influence over Disney films um, in the Renaissance era, and that's why... Um, you know, Beauty and the Beast and Little Mermaid, for examples, once he had big influence over, were super queer. But that deserves its own episode because he's really cool and amazing. But um, because Shrek is based off, like, trying to satire Disney, you know, I feel like that also adds into it somehow. So it's not only is it parodying it, but it's also bringing in the outsider narratives and the queerness and stuff from that, um, which is pretty funky and fresh. Um, <laughs> so Shrek obviously lives in a swamp uh, outside of this town that's sort of nearby um, with all the fairy tale characters and also all the like humans and stuff, um, and they don't like him. Um, <laughs> we see right from the start of the movie that he is very happy and content in his own little world, doing his own things his own way. Um, he living his best life. He, he do be living his best life. Um, and, you know, he's set out as an outsider from the bat because he's doing all these gross versions of uh, things we would consider normal. So, you know, like the showering the mud or, you know, all of that other stuff. Um, so that is already used to place him as outside of the scope of what we would consider to be normal. He's shown to be deviant. Now, where have we heard that before? Perhaps in relation to gender and sexuality. And the people in this nearby town, they just hate him because he's an ogre. And he leans into the stereotype as well. They These people just just see him as an ogre, you know? Like, the, that is all they see him as, this label and this thing, this big scary thing that's going to hurt them. Ooh. Um, but they don't really get to know him as a person or anything. Like, they, they just know him as the stereotype and this thing to be afraid of um and he does lean into this um shrek is used to this he's used to people hating him for who he is it's you know an unchangeable thing about himself which sounds pretty gay um and he is hated for it by the general populace not something he can control um but you know when you can't control it you just control the things that you can and so he controls how he feels about this and he's used to it so he leans into it you know he he leans into the scary ogre role you know if people are going to see him as a he may as well lean into it because you know people are so determined to hate him that he may as well just play into the role but we find out later that uh this laid-back attitude is sort of a defense mechanism for the pain of being so alone because of this, you know, like he doesn't have anyone else that's like him that he can be himself with, you know, he's just there by himself and like he is content, but he's lonely, you know, he doesn't have other people like him. And as we know, community is so, so important. He's just trying to live out his best life in a swamp, chilling chilling by himself and being able to be himself and be free and express himself as he wants to. but and, and he gets hate for that. But, you know, he is free to make his own choices, be his own person in his own world. But 
there's no one else there with him to be there with him and to provide company. You know, he's he's lonely, despite the fact that he won't admit it for himself. And in the story, the fairy tale characters are being rounded up and imprisoned. Um, so, you know, we can see this as the fairy tale characters being queers um, in general. Um, and, you know, being imprisoned is the anti-queer laws. Um, and they all turn up at his place because he's the out queer person who's out there being himself, you know. But they're invading his place, so he's like, mm, not about that life. Um, so, uh, you know, he goes to settle this thing, like try and get it back uh, with Lord Farquaad, um, who, oh God, he really represents hegemonic masculinity in this. Um, he's just, just toxic masculinity in general. Um, he, yeah, he's a lovely one. We, we love that. Um, <laughs> Um, so, you know, he sets out on this quest to um, find Fiona, uh, to get his place back, his land back. Because, um, you know, he just wants to go back to his life, dude. Like, leave him alone. But then in comes Fiona, who is the other trans rape in this story. And to clarify, I don't, I'm not saying they were met by the creators to be trans um, or anything, but this is a queer reading. So, um bad if you think I'm wrong um you're free to have your own interpretation this is mine um <laughs> so Fiona can, can be read as a cis passing trans person so Shrek is just a liberated trans dude living his best life visibly queer um and hated for it but Fiona she is cis passing and she grew up with parents who very much wanted her to fit this ideal of, you know, being cis and, like, ideals of what she should be. Like, they had so many ideas about it because of all this stereotypical fairy tale stuff, you know? And when she got cursed, her parents were ashamed of this. They they were ashamed. So we can see the cursed as, like, you know, coming out or realizing that she's trans. Um, but they want her to hide this. This is not acceptable for them, you know? Like, they, they want to have a good image for the people. But, like, well, we can't have a good image if you look like that, so we have to go and imprison you in this tower, you know? Like, you, you can't be like that and be in public. That's just shameful, which is even more screwed up um, when we realise that uh, the dad... Um, the, the king, her father, um, was also a fairy tale creature, you know, the frog. Um, so, you know, they, they're just like ashamed of their own past or something, you know? Um, but we, we just don't, we don't, can't have that. We can't have that in our family and seen by the public. That's, that's horrific, you know? Um, so you need to be hidden away. Does that sound familiar at all? Um, yeah. <laughs> So Fiona is very much, because of this, she is sort of an assimilationist. She wants to end up being human all the time. She hates this part of her. She has this internalized transphobia, internalized queerphobia of herself in her ogre form. It's, it's something she can't control and she, you know, it, it has really bad connotations for her. She doesn't like it. She doesn't want to be it and she's shunned for it. So why should she accept it, you know? 
and she wants to be happy, and she, she wants she she's happy when she's with people, you know, and those people are happy when she's human. But there is this unavoidable part of her that is an ogre, is not cis. And so the story is also a lot about beauty ideals and what is acceptable in the eyes of the people, in the public. Because, um, you know, Shrek is called ugly um, and all that. And, you know, we have ogre, like, oh, they look like an ogre. I mean, you know, I would never say that, but, like, that's also, like, an insult thing, right? So, like, using someone as an insult, using their very being as an insult um, to their looks, to their things that society holds so high, um, which, like, also being trans sometimes is used to be used as a synonymous with, like, ugly or bad. So, like, parallels, the parallels, they exist. Um, and at first, when we meet her, she's, you know, all about this, like, stereotypical, like, needs to be done this way, kind of heteronormative as well, like, there's only one way to do it, and it must be between a human and a human, um, and you must rescue me from this tower in this specific way, um, like, I know I could get out if I wanted to, but, you know, it needs to be done this way, um, so my curse can be lifted and I can be normal forever, um, you know, <laughs> sounds like some internalized queerphobia, right? <laughs> um, and so we see when Shrek rescues her that she's, you know, appalled by this, like, because it's like, you're not how it's supposed to be. You're an ogre. Um, like, ew, the queers? Gross. <laughs> and, and, and she, she also kind of sees, you know, herself in him. And because of this internalized queerphobia, she projects it onto him as well. Um, so, you know, we love that. We love, we love internalized stuff um, and society making us hate each other. Lovely times. <laughs> but she also rejects his, you know, quote unquote, grossness at first. Um, like, so this could be seen as him being out and proud about who he is. Um, so, um, you know, with the lizards and the, the, you know, burping and all of the stereotypical gross stuff that we saw at the start. We see it now, and he's he's still being true to who he is. He's not changing for anyone. Like, he he doesn't care. He's used to being hated, and he's willing to be hated. Like, if he gets to be himself, you know, he's willing to be hated for that because he's being himself. He's being true to himself. And that's kind of funky. Funky is a good thing, by the way. <laughs> um, but then, eventually, she, you know, gets used to the idea that, you know, it's okay to share who you are with people, share this this part of yourself, you know, because she sees him doing it and she's like, well, maybe I could do it too. Um, and, you know, we we know she's got these hidden, like, moves and, you know, she does all the stuff with the lizards as well and the everything. Um, so she starts to open that part of her as well. This is all still in her human form, though. So she's sort of dabbling in these without having come out yet um, or revealing her true self, you know. And so her whole thing is that it's by light one day, by night another. Um, and so she's only able to show her true self in hidden places, in the darkness. Um, so, you know, we... 
as queer people, especially historically, have only been able to show ourselves in quiet places, the places where the streets and the cishets don't look, um, underground or, you know, in bars out of the way or through coded messages or things like that because we want to avoid being hurt. We want to avoid having to deal with all the trauma and the struggle that comes with being open about ourselves, especially, you know, when it's illegal and you can be, like, punished for it, you know, and a lot of people still are to this day. (laughs) But it's this, by night one day, by night another is this sort of, like, hiding in the closet phrase. Um, So she can only truly be herself under the cover of darkness, away from prying eyes and where they might see. And Fiona, when, when Donkey sees Fiona in, you know, in the little house with her um, when she's transformed, um, this is her coming out to Donkey and she talks about it and being ashamed of this part of her that she sees as an illness. But we, we hear Shrek, we see Shrek overhearing this um, and, you know, it's something that he's... You know, he also has a little bit of internalized queer phobia. He doesn't really like this part of himself as well. He's told all the time that he should be ashamed of it, and he, as a defense mechanism, isn't, and takes it into stride and reclaims it. Um, but he's still kind of insecure about it sometimes. Um, and he overhears this, and he's, he thinks it's about him. And this this really shows the power of self-deprecation, because if you're deprecating yourself about a trait and someone else has that trait then they are like oh so this must be bad about myself too which is not funky nor fresh (laughs) so we see that both of these characters are very different interpretations of queer people of trans people and the ways that it presents and the ways that we interact with society not liking us and um, so they both promote individuality in their own ways um, but they both still have shame for this thing that they can't control about themselves um, and they you know see as something they just have to deal with Lord Farquaad in this is um, an insult um, <laughs> so he is the patriarchal masculinity he also represents like this is the standard you need to conform to this he's also like cishet standards um, and he only cares about women for what they can do for a social standing, because, you know, we saw him looking at all the princesses and stuff. That's a whole thing. But <laughs> So he represents, you know, the trappings of this thing. He wants Fiona because she's a human, right? So he wants her to be this perfect way, um, and he wants to marry her and have this traditional fairy tale ending, which is, like, what she supposedly wants. Um, and so she goes along with this plan when she gets basically captured um and she's like oh cool i'm i'm getting what i want right um but you know in the ending like you know the whole moral of it as well is like obviously like he gets eaten like these patriarchal ideas get eaten by a dragon which like is very queer already like (laughs) um so it's, it's literally like screw these standards and you know We get to see these two trans-coded characters having a happy ending. And the happy ending is Fiona becoming herself and being able to be herself in the open and live as she truly is, which is not something we see a lot. We get to see two trans 
coded characters being happy as themselves and getting to live joyfully because of this. And the happy ending is about recognition of each other and seeing people for who they truly are and coming to terms with the fact that you're lovable, not in spite of, but because of who you are. Shrek loved Fiona because of who she was deep down, not because of this facade she put out, because of who she truly was. And also, like, it's about, like, loving who you choose to, despite what society thinks is the right choice for you. Like, I mean, hegemonic masculinity gets eaten um, by a dragon. Uh, <laughs> um, and, you know, she gets to accept herself for who she is, which is really nice. Um, and it's also about loving the parts of yourself that you find monstrous. Learning to love the parts of yourself that other people see as not great. And it's a long journey. It is a long journey and it's not easy, but it's easier when we find community. And that's what it's about too, you know, finding community and being able to find people where you can be yourself and be truly happy, which is so cool. Like, <laughs> it still adheres to the traditional fairy tale ending with the protagonist ending up with a love interest, but because it's with characters who normally wouldn't get to, it's liberating because it has this inclusion. We finally see two trans people get to be happy and out and be trans. There's no barrier transes. Whoa! <laughs> A wild concept. I know. So I just think it's neat. Um, <laughs> if you think it's neat too, I don't know, um, follow me on Instagram. It's straight up with the pride. <laughs> so Shrek is trans, um, says Fiona. The whole story is pre-trans. Um, Donkey's an ally, <laughs> and there's a lot more I could have said, um, and there's lots of stuff out there about this, so if you want more information about it, if you want um, a reading of Shrek 2 as well, um, check out Jay Corviday on YouTube, um, they're really cool, they have a bunch of videos and stuff, I don't know how much they post now, but they have a lot of videos talking about lots of queer stuff, um, these they, he pronouns, um, they're really cool, um, and they have really cool breakdowns and stuff and they're really funny um so check them out on youtube but that is all for this week's episode of stride with pride i hope you've had a good time listening to me rant about this don't forget that you are a wonderful amazing person um and you deserve so much love affection attention and to be loved not in spite of who you are but because of who you are and the parts of yourself that you don't find lovable are um freaking amazing um and they're wonderful. Remember, self-deprecation makes people sad about the things that you're self-deprecating yourself about. So we're going to try to be positive about ourselves, okay? I challenge you to um, say three things right now that you like about yourself. Can be anything, okay? You're a wonderful person. Don't forget that. Don't forget to spread your joy, and I'll see you next time. Bye. Somebody once told me the world is gonna roll me I ain't the sharpest tool in the shed She was looking kind of dumb with her finger and her thumb In the shape of an L on her forehead Well, the ears start coming and they don't stop coming Fed to the rules and I hit the ground running Didn't make sense not to live for fun Your brain gets smart but your head gets dumb So much to do, so much to see So what's wrong with taking the back streets? You'll never know if you don't go You'll never shine if you don't glow Hey
Episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.